dreamers, innovators, and trailblazers are the people who inspire us and work towards positive changes. At Penn State, their ideas have the power to transform the way teaching and learning happen. The Dreamery Sessions are conversations with faculty and students that bring you the stories of how innovation driven by technology happens at our university. Welcome to the Dreamery Sessions with Ray Schmidt and Zach Lunsinger. What is up, everyone? It's great to talk to you again. I am Ray Schmidt, Public Relations Specialist with Penn State IT. And I am Zach Lonsinger, Learning Experiences Designer with the Creative Learning Initiatives Group and TLT. Zach, man, it's so great to be able to talk to you again. And it was just about a year ago where we wrapped up season one of the Dream Recessions podcast. And man, it feels like a lifetime. Yeah, I can't believe it's already been a year. When you said that, I thought back, has it been a year already? But man, that's just, it feels like five years at this point. And I like how you said it's great to talk to you again because we are working from home. We're both at our home offices. I haven't actually seen you in person, and I feel like it's almost been a year, too. Yeah, I think so. It's tough in one regard, but it's also awesome that we have this technology available to us to make the podcast happen. And we're going to be using this episode of the Dreamery Sessions as a bit of a bridge to get us from season one to season two, because season two is going to be pretty drastically different from what we did in season one. And we're going to talk to you more about what's coming up in season two later on. But before that, we have an interesting conversation with Jennifer Sparrow, the Associate Vice President for Teaching and Learning with Technology at Penn State, also the Deputy Chief Information Officer. So Jennifer's role has grown and expanded a little bit since the last time we spoke with her. And I think it's a great opportunity to talk with her again, Zach, because she has such insight into the four themes that we really try to focus on on the Dreamery sessions, talking about digital fluency, innovation, creativity, and emerging technology So to get to talk with Jennifer again is really exciting, and I think she's going to have some awesome insights to offer for our listeners. Yeah, for sure. I know my time in the pandemic since working from home, it has been both a challenging and rewarding experience. I know at times, at least in the beginning, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I don't have to have my 30, 35-minute commute into work. But I know as time advanced, I just kept feeling like, ah, I miss my coworkers. I want to see some people. And then in the midst of things, I got a puppy, and then I had a baby, so we just added more chaos into our life, and then the whole work-from-home experience turned into a work-and-chaos experience, which has also been fun, but challenging at times, too. So I know I'm speaking for a lot of people in this time, but it has definitely been a wild experience. Yeah, it really has, and Jennifer will get into a little bit during our conversation about what she's been able to take away from the situation because we all can understand the struggle. We all can empathize with how difficult this time period has been for everyone, whether it's getting our work done in a professional capacity or as a student. Everybody's faced their own unique and difficult circumstances. So with that said, Sit back and enjoy my conversation with Jennifer Sparrow of what it's been like to lead TLT and help lead Penn State IT through what's been going on since March of 2020. So it is my distinct pleasure to welcome Associate Vice President for Teaching and Learning with Technology and 
Deputy Chief Information Officer Jennifer Sparrow onto the Dreamery Sessions. Jennifer's actually our first returning guest. She was with us for episode one of season one, and she's back to help us with this bridge episode as we were getting everyone ready for season two of the Dreamery Sessions coming up in spring 2021. Jennifer, amidst everything that's been going on, it's such a thrill to get a chance to talk with you on the Dreamery Sessions and have a chance for you to talk with our audience about what's been going on within Penn State teaching and learning with technology in Penn State IT. Thanks, Ray, for having me here. And I'm excited to get to the point where I get the five-timer jacket like you get when you host SNL. Yes. So um, I'll be looking forward to that and and so thrilled to be your first repeat customer here. (laughs) Thanks for having me. No doubt. So... Obviously, we're talking together in a virtual format. We're not able to share a studio like we did the first time we spoke on the Dreamery sessions, and it's part of the adjustment that we've all had to make with the pandemic that's been plaguing our entire society since March. Well, for the U.S., if you go back to January of 2020 when the first case was reported, but it really began to impact the Penn State community in a major way in March around St. Patrick's Day 2020 when it was announced that Penn State would switch to remote learning for the remainder of the spring semester and then a hybrid remote in-person format for fall 2020. And with your position within teaching and learning with technology and Penn State IT, I imagine that it was a pretty daunting task to, to face a challenge that higher ed had never been faced with before. So from a leadership position, what was your approach to helping the Penn State community as a whole through the challenge? Yeah, certainly we had been thinking about this in January. Hey, this is this thing is happening over in China, right? It's starting to come here. We should just be thinking about this proactively. And so I appreciate that the leadership team within TLT was really actively thinking about what, what things do we need to have in place even before the rest of the university community had started talking about this is a possibility that we may have to go fully remote. And TLT historically has supported the computer-mediated part of the teaching and learning at Penn State through Canvas, through Zoom, and the other learning tools that we've utilized, but we weren't sure if it could do the work that it needed to do at scale, right? And when we're talking about, you know, part of the students and faculty were using Canvas pretty adeptly. Uh, And then there were parts of the university that weren't using Canvas or Zoom at all. And so it was thinking about what we needed to have in place and really thinking about what didn't we have in place and and were we going to need. And as you stated, right, this is an unknown times. Like we had never encountered this. So we weren't sure what we were going to need and how the capacity was going to roll up. But we knew we had some good things in place, right? We had the instructional design community ready to go. We had Canvas, right? We had Zoom. We had IT learning and development ready to go with trainings, right? So we we had this great foundation, not necessarily in preparation for that, but certainly as we thought about what we were going to need. I think the biggest thing from a leadership perspective that we were able to provide was the tools, training, and support that the university was going to need. So Canvas, Zoom, the additional learning tools, the mobile app, the training that goes along with it. So folks that hadn't used it, how do we help them get to the point where they're able to utilize it for the both the shift to remote and then longer term for our hybrid learning? And then what is the ongoing support that we needed to provide? So what are the faculty developments? What kinds of things that we're faculty encountering that we would be able to respond to? And then I think there's sort of the second piece of this. So it's not just about the tools, but it's about being present in those numerous, numerous meetings, hours and hours and hours <laughs> of meetings listening to what folks were saying, and then figuring out how TLT and Penn State IT more broadly could respond to those needs. 
then there's a third step in this, which was empowering TLT, all of the team members who were phenomenal, to propose creative solutions to these questions that were being raised and to act on them. And so one example of this is we heard that students didn't have the technology that they needed at their home. Some students were going home without computers. And one of the solutions that the team came up with was to leverage the computers, that physical computers that we had in the library that were gonna go unused when we went to fully remote. Uh, and loan those out to students. And we put together a process. It was done very quickly. And I think pretty successfully, we were able to get the computers out to students as they needed them. One of the common themes that you and I have gone over in discussions about the mission of teaching and learning with technology is that technology isn't necessarily the answer to the problems that are attempting to be solved in teaching and learning and higher education, that the, the sound pedagogy is really the solution and the technology needs to be a support mechanism for that. We talk about living at the intersection of sound pedagogy and technology. So how would you say that the tech available to Penn State faculty and students has met the pedagogical needs through the remote and hybrid teaching period? We and TLT have always been focused on the pedagogy first and the technology second. So the tools that we had adopted, we're looking at pedagogy first. How do we provide materials to students? How do we do so in a manner that is organized and available to them? How do we provide interaction, which we know is one of the great things that we need to provide both student-to-student interaction and student-to-faculty interaction? How do we provide the tools that allow for rapid and meaningful feedback to students so that they can learn and iterate on their own interpretation of course materials? We had an excellent foundation already prepared as we went into this. We had Canvas and we made a push that this was the sole learning management system. So students got a solid standard of access to their courses. We didn't have all of our faculty utilizing Canvas. And so I think that's going to be one of the lessons learned and takeaways from this. We had Zoom in place and we had Zoom integrated within Canvas. So to make these tools not only available, but also readily and easily accessible and easy to use would be, I think, the greatest thing that we were talking about. But beyond those technology tools, we also had the mobile app that had been rolled out. And this is a really amazing story because we fully rolled that out in January, so just prior to the start of this pandemic. And it very quickly became a tool for getting information to people, for providing access to localized information based on what campus you're on or whether you're at the World Campus. And it provided a seamless access to those tools. So Zoom, Canvas, we're all embedded in that. So beyond the pedagogical needs, we were able to grow the communication that's you know sort of important to being a student or a faculty member at Penn State and be able to roll that information out to folks in a pretty seamless way. Our biggest win as we were thinking about not just the technologies, but the pedagogies was the introduction of the Tech TA program. And this came out of a conversation that I had with Sam Richards and the work that he had been doing in his large enrollment lecture hall for for many years, right? Live streaming Mm -hmm. this courses. And he does that in a way that makes it real time, very interactive, but he has a team of students that help him with this. And I was out walking with my husband and I had this sort of aha moment. I thought, what if we could provide that support for faculty as they're utilizing these tools and allowing the faculty the opportunity to focus solely on what they do best, which is that teaching and not having to think about the technologies as we go forward. And so those tech TAs really became uh, an incredibly successful program that, you know, we throw this wild idea to the TLT team 
and to watch them evolve it, run with it, massage it, and make it something more successful than we could have ever imagined. These folks sit virtually elbow to elbow with the faculty member and are able to help them with the technological things in Zoom and in Canvas that they may not want to focus on while they're teaching or may not have the opportunity to focus on what's happening in the chat. How do I set up breakout rooms? How do I mute people? And so this really provided this seamless people technology and pedagogy. So it's the nexus of those three. And this fall semester, we've had overwhelming demand. And when the call for tech TAs for the spring opened up, I think in the first 24 hours, we had more than 90 faculty looking to have tech TA for the spring semester. Wow. Yeah. And it's been amazing how that program was able to start so quickly and work so well to serve so many in the Penn State community. You mentioned that that is going to be available for the spring semester. I imagine there might be some folks listening to this episode who would want to find some more information, and they can find that through the Tech Tutors website. If you search Tech Tutors Penn State, that site has more information on the Tech TAs program, so please search that out. Jennifer, you did mention some of the lessons learned around faculty who hadn't been using Canvas but now are forced to rely on Canvas more heavily is one of the lessons that'll be taken away from this time period in higher ed. And it's been interesting to me because almost as soon as the pandemic began, I started to see articles and columns written about, oh, we're learning this, oh, we're learning that. And it seemed a little premature to me because we were still in the midst of it and we still are in the midst of it. And I'd love to know what you think. At what point can we really assess everything that took place during this time period, learn from it, and be able to implement some some new lessons and some new best practices? Um, I think this is going to be an ongoing assessment process. We started almost immediately with surveying faculty and students after we went remote. Did they have the technologies they needed? Uh, Did they have the support that they needed? What were we missing? And so having that rich data gathering throughout this process has been critical. But I do think we're going to see you know, a couple of things here. Number one, we joke a little bit, but we've made about six years of progress in six months, right? (laughs) We've been working hard to push some things along to make sure faculty have access to the tools that they need and are able to use them and are using them. But there were always people who were not going to use them. And we had work to be done on the mobile app that just wasn't going to be a priority until it was. Um, And so we really have made this incredible leap forward And we're hoping that as we evaluate this, that we see, you know, this leap in technology usage and how we're able to capitalize on that moving forward. And so as we look back and say, what are the lessons learned? We may find that we'll hopefully never have to be in this situation again. But those lessons might be things about how do we enable student conversation within large enrollment lecture classes? What we found is that if you put everybody in a Zoom room, while you're lecturing, they can have a back channel communication. They may ask more questions because they don't have to sort of stand up in front of 110 of their peers. You can have small breakout rooms. Even if students are located in the same classroom, you throw in a headset and you're able to do these really active and engaged learning activities that you wouldn't be able to do because of the confines of a physical space. And so so I think that will be one interesting piece for us to look at, but also how do we build community? And I think we, faculty, who are, you know, age 35 and over, aren't 
for the most part, used to building community digitally. And I think when we look at our student population, and particularly that group 25 and under, that is not unique to them. The students don't go hang out at the mall. I'm going to date myself here. They don't go to the roller rink on Friday nights to catch up on the latest gossip. They build their community through their phones and through their social media. And so this idea of how we build community and whether or not we need to have it face-to-face, I think is going to really hit an interesting crossroads as we emerge from this. It is easy, I think, for a lot of people to become stuck in the mud related to how difficult it can be day-to-day living through this pandemic and working through the pandemic as well. But to be able to find positive takeaways, to find things to be hopeful about in the future and lessons learned from what we're going through is really inspiring. And so I'm curious if you'd be able to share how living and working through this pandemic has positively impacted you. Adopted a motto throughout the course of this sort of little joys. So how do we start to find the positive things that have come out of this rather than reflecting on the negative? Because it's pretty easy to reflect on all of the things that we've missed to grieve for those things which we don't have. And believe me, I've gone through all of the stages of grief repeatedly. I'm a people person and I miss seeing people. I miss the spontaneous conversations. I miss doing creative problem solving with the team of people in the same room and a whiteboard. But as I start to think about the little joys that we've gained, in particular, I've had an opportunity this summer because of lifting lockdowns, but not wanting to leave the state. I've spent a ton of time with my family exploring more of Pennsylvania and seen a lot of the state parks. My 15-year-old and I biked the Pine Creek Trail. Uh, The 15-year-old and I took a, a virtual physical challenge. We walked from Pittsburgh to Philly. And we did that while listening to podcasts. So it was also a great opportunity to have those very grown-up discussions with her about the topics that were being covered. So these are things that we just, I think, wouldn't have taken the time for otherwise because we would have had other things going on. From a professional perspective, and I think this is an ongoing challenge, but for me, watching the TLT team and the Penn State IT team and really the Penn State community in general step up to this challenge and mostly with open minds and open hearts about it. I've seen amazing dedication. I've seen creative thinking and grit of the TLT team that I hope doesn't go unappreciated. I try to express that appreciation regularly, but I'm so thankful to be able to be a part of a team that came to the table with solutions rather than more problems. Someone that came into the university in the middle of the pandemic said, do you understand what a treasure TLT is for the rest of the university. And I said, please keep saying that, right? This was somebody (laughs) who hadn't had these resources before. And so I do think having an opportunity to watch people step up and put their talents to the greatest use has been just a phenomenal gift. I think it's a gift for you to be able to share some time with us and your insights with us on the Dreamery Sessions. And this is our bridge episode. We're building towards season two of the Dreamery Sessions, and we're going to have an unveiling of our guest co-host for season two. She's going to be joining us for the entire season to share some perspectives and stories that we may not have otherwise had access to. And I'd like to get your thoughts on season two coming up, Jennifer, and what you hope our listeners might take away from it. I'm certainly waiting with bated breath for the first real episode of season two because of our co-host. I'm excited that we'll be bringing a faculty perspective to the podcast because the Dreamery in its earliest days as we were envisioning it was about bringing together technology, faculty, 
and the teaching and learning with technology team to figure out what we can do next. And so having this guest co-host for the entire season and bringing that faculty perspective is going to be uh, really exciting to see what insights they bring. It's really a truly a phenomenal way for us to share the great work that TLT is doing. So I can say for Zach as well as myself, we're super appreciative of Jennifer Sparrow spending some time with us here on the Bridge episode of the Dreamery Sessions podcast. We are transitioning from last year's season one into season two, and now we're going to fill you in on our plans for season two different from what we did a year ago, and we are hugely excited about it, primarily because we have a guest co-host who's going to be joining us for all four episodes of season two. Zach, why don't you tell our listeners about who's going to be joining us for those episodes coming up? So we are excited that our guest co-host for season two will be Dr. Renee Nichols, assistant teaching professor in the Belisario College of Communications. I just can't begin to say how excited I am to dive into these conversations with Dr. Nichols. She's an innovative thinker. She's doing some really, really cool stuff. A lot of her work focuses in public relations, but one thing we can share with you is she has created a virtual office and a virtual classroom for her COM 100 course that I just think is super cool. We will link to that in our show notes, but it's just something engaging for the students that they can click through, they can get to know her without actually seeing her in person. They also get introduced to some physical spaces at Penn State. And the cool thing about this is Dr. Nichols built this in Google Slides. So it's something, it's a low barrier to entry for faculty to design. And it's also a low barrier entry for students to engage with because it doesn't take that much to learn. And one of my favorite things that she incorporated into this virtual office and virtual classroom is Bitmoji. Yes, you heard that right. Dr. Nichols (laughs) has used her Bitmoji and asked her students to send them their Bitmojis so she can incorporate all of the Bitmojis into this slide deck. I just think it creates this really cool experience that it is super engaging for the students. But yeah, that's just one example of how she's embracing technology in a sound pedagogical way. Yeah, and we want to use these conversations on the Dreamery sessions to inspire other faculty, right? and students as well who would be tuning in. And I think that that's one thing people will really be able to take away from learning more about Dr. Nichols is having a little bit of inspiration and some motivation to be as engaging as possible with their work. I imagine for a lot of faculty that could be difficult to do at this time. So to hear stories of someone else thinking creatively, innovating, making sure they're as engaging as possible, and like you said, having a low barrier of entry where it's not super difficult to get involved in, to be able to provide that information and that insight to our audience is something that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, for sure. So for season two of the Dream Recessions, we have changed it up. What we're going to do this time around is we are going to record all of the episodes with Dr. Nichols in advance, and we are going to publish all four of them concurrently towards the end of the spring semester. We don't have a definite date pinned down just yet, but we will let you know when you will have access to all four of the episodes. Yeah, for sure. And I'm super excited about how this season is structured because last season... 
it was mainly us two interviewing other people. So the stories were kind of crafted and viewed through our eyes, which is great and all, but I'm really excited for this season that we're going to be working with Dr. Nichols and viewing these stories through her eyes. And kind of, she's sort of navigating us through the waters of emerging technology, innovation, digital fluency, and creativity. For sure. So that is what we're planning for season two of the Dreamery Sessions podcast. We'll be publishing information on when those episodes will be available as soon as we know more. So keep an eye on Penn State News, keep an eye on social media channels for information about that coming out. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify so you will get notifications when those episodes are available. So, Zach, it's been great talking with you on our bridge episode of the Dreamery Sessions, season two coming up very soon. Looking forward to getting to work on that and bringing a lot of great conversations to our audience. Oh, yeah, I'm excited, too. I can't wait to dive into these conversations with you and Dr. Nichols. Thank you, Ray. It's been great talking to you, too. And let's get started. Thank you for joining us on the Dreamery Sessions today. As a reminder, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. If you would, please take a moment to subscribe and rate us. And let's keep the conversation going on social media. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Radio underscore Ray. Zach is at Zach Lonsinger. So drop us a line. Let us know who you'd like us to talk to for future episodes, topics that you would like us to cover. We really look forward to hearing your feedback.